Hey everyone, welcome to the Beauty for Ashes podcast, teachings prompted by the Holy Spirit and backed by the Word of God. I pray that these podcasts inspire, encourage, strengthen your faith, and deepen your relationship with your Creator. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. So today I want to talk to you about don't get hung up on the how. How did this happen? How is this going to happen? How long will this take? How long will it last? How will this turn out? How has been a long-standing question throughout all of man's existence. The very first page of the Old Testament and the very first page of the New Testament both speak of creation, but they both leave us questioning right off the bat, how, how? So back in Genesis 1, God created the heavens and the earth. It says he spoke, he said, and it happened. Well, that's cool and all, but like, how do you speak a, a bird into existence? How do you speak mountains into existence? How do you speak how? How? What's the formula? We see that how has been a long-standing question throughout humanity. This is nothing new. If you find yourself asking how, if you find yourself contemplating more times than not, how is this going to turn out and how is this going to work? You're not alone. We see that Noah was commanded by God to build a large boat that would fit two of every animal, not only two of every animal, but his wife, their kids, and their kids' wives. Noah had to have thought, yeah, God, um, how? Why? Boats weren't a thing. So when God said, I'm going to need you to build a boat and I'm going to need you to put two of every animal I've you know, spoken to existence and your wife and your kids and your kids' wives. And, you know, y'all are going to have to get on that boat. And when you get on, um, yeah, that's, that's basically going to save your life. How? Noah had to have thought how. Or Abraham and Sarah. Abraham, God said to Abraham, I'm going to give you a son and make you a father of many nations. Abraham was 100 years old. His wife, Sarah, was 90. And guess what Abraham said? Um, okay, God, how? The Israelites, when they were being led by Moses out of Egypt into the promised land. They approached the promised land, which is the land overflowing with milk and honey, aka peace and prosperity. And there they are. They're on the edge of their new beginning while still standing in their old, their past. And they're looking in on this promise that God gave them. And they're going, well, it looks good from here. Maybe we should go check it out. The Israelites go into the promised land to scope out the scene. They come back and they give a report and they say, 
guys, the promised land is dope. It's got it all. But here's the the bad thing. Um, There's some really tall people that live there. Now theologians tell us that these tall people that freaked the Israelites out, they weren't just tall. They weren't just like six foot tall people. They could be considered giants, if you will. They went in to their promise. They looked around. We're like, yeah, this is great. But then saw these massive men who towered over them, got afraid, and then went, "Mm, God, how? How do you want us to go in and occupy that land when these monsters are living in there? How? How? We're just little old men. How is that going to work? Or my favorite how in the Bible, Gideon. In the book of Judges, Gideon was facing a battle against the Midianites. The Midianites had thousands and thousands of men, thousands and thousands of man army. And so did Gideon. So he was about to battle this. He was about to go into war with the Midianites. And God stopped him and said, wait a minute, hold on. Um, I want you to cut your army down to 300 men. So now here is Gideon about to battle the Midianites who have thousands and thousands of men armed and ready for battle. And he's got 300 dudes. And Gideon goes, uh, God goes, don't worry. I want you and your 300 men to go into the land and I'm going to give you the victory. Don't worry. It's all good. You got it. Battle's already won. Yeah, I'm certain Gideon went, how God, how? The precipice for the how is always, where's the formula? We're always wondering, where's the formula? Where's the formula that gives the details? Where's the instruction manual? Where's the, that's what our how really is asking. I need the details and I need the formula to feel safe. The how isn't answered by a formula. The how isn't answered by a description or an instruction manual or in any amount of details. The how is answered by faith. So I'm going to read to you a scripture from the book of Matthew. Now this is the first how in the New Testament. I'm going to give you three points and then I'm going to give you two answers. Not just one, but two answers to your how to any how that you could ever ask. I'm going to give you the two answers to your how. So track with me here. So in Matthew, we see Matthew 1, 18 through 24. I'm going to read it to you. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. 
Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Point number one. If we read the first, the first part of that scripture, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Underline that. 1 verse 18, Matthew 1 verse 18, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Point number one, the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 John 2 and 27 tells us, you have received the power of the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. You don't need anyone to tell you what is true. The power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit will tell you everything you need to know and everything the Holy Spirit teaches you is true and not a lie. You are in this world, but you are not of it. So when we ask how, how, we are asking a very physical how. Rarely do we ask a how and it roots from a spiritual, well, I would like to know this on a deeper spiritual level, God. No, it's God, I want to know how I'm going to pay my bills. God, I want to know how my health is going to change for the better. God, I want to know how I'm going to get the job. God, I want to know how I'm going to repair, repair my marriage. God, I want to know how. I want to know. How. Rarely is it spiritual, but you are in this world. You are not of it though. Your nature is spiritual. So the power of the Holy Spirit is the first step in uncovering any how. The middleman, the Wi-Fi connection between you and God is the Holy Spirit. Now, something very important to remember about the Holy Spirit. God is the Father, right? The Father. Why was God given the title the Father? Because just like you, just like me, if you have a child... You have a responsibility to care for that child. God is a creator. He is a father. Do you create something for the, ex- the example that we're speaking of right now? Do you create a child and then just go, oh, well, that was fun. Um, see you later. No, it comes with a lifetime of responsibility. So God, the father, has a responsibility to care for, guide, and provide for you. God's way of guiding you, comforting you, ministering to you, speaking to you is through the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is God's responsibility and he's given it to you. The power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is your gift from your father, from your spiritual parent, from your creator. It is a divine gift. So when a gift is given, okay, you have to know how to use it. Not only do you have to know how to use it, you have to use it. And that is a choice, a free will choice that you have to make in every moment of every day to be tapped in, tuned in and connected to the gift that your spiritual father has given you. It is God's responsibility. It is God's responsibility, the Holy Spirit, but it is your gift. That's point number one in revealing the understanding of the how. Point number two. If we go back to scripture and we see in Matthew 1 
and 19, it says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. You need to underline that. Break the engagement quietly. Some translations read that he decided to divorce her. Well, wait up. Hold hold on a minute now. If we read this correctly, they weren't even married. They weren't even married yet. The word divorce, point number two. The word divorce means to turn away from, divert. But they weren't even married yet. They didn't have the covenant, the, 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 the level of commitment with marriage. They were engaged to be marriage. Point number two is this. Don't divorce your miracle before it happens. We divorce the miracle before it happens. And then we end up with more hows, more whys. And a deeper need for deeper understanding. Point number two, don't divorce the miracle before it happens. Joseph wasn't even married to her yet. They were just engaged. He was ready to call it quits. He was ready to turn away. He was ready to walk away before the good thing even happened. Because he didn't know how. He didn't know how it happened. You got a virgin who's pregnant and Joseph's going, oh uh, yeah, sure. Um, you're a virgin, but you just got pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm, by, yeah. Just, just miraculously got pregnant. Yeah. Believable. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so now Joseph is freaking out a little bit here and he goes, well, I don't understand. I'm not, I don't have a level of understanding that warrants any amount of peace in me about this situation. So I'm going to contemplate a way of escape. Your mind is constantly planning escape routes from the things you do not understand. What you don't understand, what you question the how, how, if you're brain cannot fathom a level of understanding that warrants an amount of peace, you start to plan an escape route, just like Joseph did. He didn't understand it. He didn't know if he could believe what was being told to him. He didn't know if he could believe Mary. So now we have trust issues. So he couldn't trust the person and he had unanswered questions. He didn't get the how. He didn't understand the how. So he started planning an escape route. Your mind constantly plans escape routes. But these escape routes are maps that lead straight out of the will of God. This is a word for many of you listening. You are wherever you are presently, wherever you are, whoever you're with, whatever you are doing. It is only that you are there because God is allowing it to happen. Whether it is something that feels good or doesn't feel so great. There's a reason that it's being allowed right now. There's a reason. Because nothing happens against the will of God. So we have to reflect. And this is a side note. We have to reflect and we have to say, why am I here? 
why am I here right now? Am I needing to awaken, learn, uh, make good on something, forgive? What, what am I meant to do in this current season of my life? Is there someone I need to forgive? Is this a pattern, a cycle that needs to be broken? Have I gotten comfort in discomfort, comfortable in discomfort? Okay. But when we plan escape routes, these escape routes are often always what lead us straight out of the will of God. When you come out of the will of God, that means you come out of his, go back to point number one, his responsibility for you to care, guide, provide for you. You, Out of the will of God means you lose that covering. Not because God doesn't love you, but because remember, God's responsibility is to do those things for you, but it is also a gift and a free will choice for you. So when you move out of the will of God, it is your own choice and decision. Escape roots are never the way, never the way to deeper understanding. What you run from only chases you. So I'm here to challenge you today and say, point number two, don't escape, don't divert, don't divorce your miracle before you marry it. Don't divorce the miracle before it happens. Point number three, we go back into scripture and we see in Matthew 1 and 20, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream underline that in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said to him, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Point number three, was it just a dream or was it destiny? Point number three, is this just a dream Or is this destiny? We need to talk about the dream for a minute. Dreams and visions are very different, but they they carry a lot of the same similarities. In this translation, it says in a dream, but Joseph was really having a vision. An angel appeared to Joseph. He was having a vision. Now, Mary was pregnant. She's a virgin. He doesn't know if he can trust her because, "Mm, sorry, that's never been done before. Never have I ever witnessed a conception that's taken place without sex. Sorry, I've never experienced it. This is what Joseph's thinking. So he doesn't know if he can trust her. He doesn't know. Is it true? Can I trust her? Then, then he has a vision. And he sees an angel and the angel tells him, don't worry. It's cool. The Holy Spirit did this. She's not lying. You can trust her. You totally can trust her. Go ahead. I want you to marry her too. Like this is all God's plan. This is all God's plan. So not only is he questioning the person and he's going, well, I don't know if I can trust the person, the people. Now he's going, can I trust what I saw? Did I see what I saw? Did I hear what I hear? Who do I trust? He doesn't know if he can trust the people, the person, and now he doesn't know if he can trust himself. That's a bad place to be. When you don't know if you can trust the person, the people in your life, and now you're questioning, can I trust myself? 
can I trust myself? So I don't know what you've seen, what you've heard, what God, what visions God has given you, what desires he's placed on your heart. I don't know what those are for you. I don't know what those are. But what makes it a dream or destiny is this. The dream is questionable. The destiny is concrete. The destiny you trust in because it has such a, a, a truth, a, you're convicted with the, the knowledge of you know this is truth. The dream has questions. It's questionable. Is this a dream or is it destiny? Can you trust yourself? And I don't know what you're going through, but I'm here to tell you today. God is saying the vision he put in your heart, the desires he's placed in your heart, Don't divorce the miracle before it happens. Believe to trust in God. When you trust in God, you can trust in the vision. When you trust in God, you can trust not only in the vision, but you can begin to trust in yourself. Because your trust and your confident hope does not lean upon your human understanding, but it comes comes up against and is is held up by something much greater and much stronger. Those are the three points for you. And now I'm going to give you the two answers to every how in your life. Let's go back to scripture. So Matthew 1 and 22. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Underline that. To fulfill the Lord's message. To fulfill the Lord's message. The first answer to your how, because God keeps his word. What he says happens. God is not a man that he should lie. God does not give false hope, false promises. He does not make empty promises. Isaiah 55 and 11 says, I send out my word and it accomplishes exactly what I intend for it to do. My word does not return void. Genesis 1, go all the way back to the beginning of the podcast. Genesis 1, God spoke it and it came into existence. There is power in the word of God. When it is spoken into the atmosphere, it is life creating. It is life sustaining. It is the power of life. If God gives you a vision, if he speaks to your heart, if he puts a dream that is a vision in your mind, in your heart and says, this is for you. This is for you. The subtle stirrings that the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you and minister to you and says, this is it. This is the way to go. Yes, that can happen for you. You can have all of that and more. You can have that. You can do that. This is for you. This has been saved and reserved for you. You have been made for such a time as this. Why can you bank on that? Why can you take that to the bank? Because God's word never returns void. We see it all through scripture. Isaiah 55 and 11, his word never returns void. And right there in Matthew 1 and 22, all of this occurred 
to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. God will never speak something into your life and leave it unfinished. God never leaves unfinished business in anyone's life. He is not a God of chaos and confusion, and he is also not a God that begins things and doesn't start them. That is not God. God brings everything full circle. So answer number one to every how, because God keeps his word, that's how. Answer number two, Matthew 1 and 23. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Underline that. God is with us. Answer number two to your how. How is this going to happen? How am I going to do this? How can this be? Because God is with you. That's how. God is with you. God is for you. God is never against you. God is working all things together for your good. God is in it. God is in the situation. He is in the relationship. He is in the job. He is in the relationship with your children. He is in your home. He is in your health. He is in your body. He is in every single cell. He is in your mind. He is with you. Emmanuel, God is with us. He is with you. He is for you. And that will never change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is with you. Deuteronomy 31 and 8. The Lord goes with you and before you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You are a creation of God. You are a part of God, like we said in the beginning. He is your spiritual father. You cannot disconnect from that. That is a permanent spiritual umbilical cord that is never cut, ever. Your two answers to every how, because one, God keeps his word. And two, because God is with you. He is with it. He is in it. And I want to wrap this up by saying Matthew 1 and 24. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Underline, woke up. When Joseph woke up, he wasn't sleeping, guys. He was having a vision. Angel, the angel of the Lord, God sent an angel of the Lord. God sent him a vision to say, it's okay. I am for you. I am beside you. I'm with you. I'm never leaving you. This is a divinely orchestrated plan. Everything is in the alignment and the will of God. This is happening the way it needs to happen. I know you don't understand it. I know there's, there's questionings of who you can trust and how you can trust. And I know you're, you're afraid, but do not be afraid. This is going according to divine plan and the how might not make sense, but I'm here to tell you it's okay, Joseph. It's okay, Joseph. It's going to be okay. You can trust God is with you. You can trust that this will work out for your good. So when Joseph woke up, he didn't wake up physically. He woke up spiritually. He woke up spiritually. And then when he woke up spiritually, he could do what needed to be done physically. 
It does not mean that his doubt, his trust issues, his fear was immediately eradicated and erased. It does not mean that. It doesn't mean his fear subsided entirely. No, no, no. It does not mean that. But what it means is he was strengthened by faith. He had a vision and that vision could have went two ways. It could have terrified him and made him run into the arms of his escape plan or It could have enlightened him and opened his eyes and forced him into the arms of his creator by faith. He was strengthened by faith and he made the decision to trust in the impossible and to trust in something he could not see. Because faith is not what we see. It's what we know in our heart. It's what we believe. We believe only by faith, not in what we see. And Joseph made the decision because faith is always a choice. It's always a decision. He could have ran. He could have aborted the whole mission. He could have divorced the miracle before it happened. But he decided to take the vision. And by faith, he was going to trust in something he couldn't see. And not only something he couldn't see, he was going to trust in something that quite frankly was impossible, humanly impossible. But that was the thing. It's impossible. What's impossible for man is possible for God. God, what God said with God, all things are possible. And because he chose to walk with God, with unanswered questions, he was not only favored, protected and provided for, but he was chosen to oversee the greatest, most influential life changing miracle that would ever happen for humanity. I am here to tell you, I believe God is calling you to walk with him with him, with unanswered questions. Trusting that he has the how figured out because he keeps his word and he is always with you. And in every circumstance you ever will experience. I believe he chose you I believe God chose you to carry, to give birth to his next miracle. God loves to bless us spiritually. He loves to bless us with joy, peace, happiness, and love. Those things are so important. But I believe God is trying to birth something through you. He is trying to birth a miracle through you that you will be able to touch. God doesn't just want to give you the feeling of a miracle. He wants to give you the tangible, the tangible, touchable, physical miracle to go along with the feeling. So I hope that you do not divorce your miracle before it happens. I hope that you choose to activate the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and you make time for it. I pray that you don't discount the vision, the destiny for just a dream. I pray that you remember in every waking moment of your life the things that don't make sense and you don't know how there could be a way out that God keeps his word and he is with you working 
all things together for your good. You are chosen for such a time as this. Get ready to birth the next big miracle.